Shalom, and welcome to Christians with Torah, the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast. We believe the Torah is relevant for our lives today, God's teachings and instructions. You may very well be part of the first generation to be born again, filled with the Holy Spirit, and have the Torah, a Christian with Torah. Join us as we honor the living God through the study of His Word, topical conversations, and interviews with special guests. Please welcome our hosts, Pastor Nick Plummer and Ryan Cabrera. Shalom, everybody, and welcome to Christians with Torah, the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast. I am your co-host, Ryan Cabrera, and I am here in Studio B with Pastor Nick Plummer. Hey, Pastor Nick. Great to be here. Man, I'll tell you what. We're still in the spring season. We are here, and this is just a quick shout-out for Memorial Day. We're actually recording this on Monday of Memorial Day. Yes. And, uh, you know, we cannot say thank you enough to the people who went before us and paid the ultimate sacrifice right. that we would have the freedom to be here and do exactly what we're doing There's today. The Army, Navy, Marines, Air Force, Coast Guard, National Guard. And now the Space Force. The Space Force. Yep. Yeah. The Space Force. Exactly right. Okay. And so uh, we've got an exciting tour portion today. I don't know if you guys can tell by our little, you know, display Made here. Out of Hollywood. Isn't great, that cool? The great Caleb and Joshua. It says uh, Zechariah Brothers from Bethlehem. So this is uh, an artist that made a rendition of uh, Caleb and Joshua coming out of the, the land with a good report. Amen. Uh, we are post-Shavuot. The Holy Spirit is in this place. Amen. And, Excellent. And I couldn't be more excited about the things that are happening at Beit Tehillah. Uh, the manifestations of the Spirit here. That's right. And how God is moving on the people of Beit Tehillah. And I believe that the people of Hebrew roots, right? Because God is Spirit, and those that worship Him must worship Him in Spirit, spirit and, in truth. and in truth. And so I, I think that it's important that we not lose sight of that, because we do. We study the Torah every week, right? We can, I'm not, we're obviously pro-Torah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so We sure are. Um, but I want to make sure that, you know, people recognize that uh, without the Spirit of God, none of this makes any sense, and it's, it's all kind of pointless. So, All right, why don't we jump into our Torah portion. Uh, the Torah portion this week is Shalach Lecha, which means send forth, and it is the Torah portion found in the book of Numbers, starting in chapter 13 and verse 1, and ending in chapter 15 and verse 41. That's right, and three key words found in the book of Numbers, service, War and wilderness. Wilderness. So we have a commission to search Canaan. Uh, the spies explore Canaan in Numbers 13.1. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Send thou men that they may search the land of Canaan, which I give unto the children of Israel. Of every tribe of their father shall ye send a man, every one a ruler among them. And Moses, by the commandment of the Lord, sent them from the wilderness of Paran. All those men were heads of the children of Israel. Israel. So the following 12 tribes were represented by their heads to spy out the land, to check it out. You know, the connotation here in the Hebrew is that he was, he was liking, um, liking them to tourists. Uh, Check out what you're going to get. Check out the, the, the theme park. Go see what you want. I want to be over here. Theme park with God. So come check out all these cool things that you're going to spy out the land because this is what you're going to get. Yeah. He never sent them in the land. To see if they could take it or not. Yeah, no, that was not the okay, point. We'll get into that later. But we have, of course, uh, these tribes are represented by a leader uh, each. Uh, Reuben, Simeon, Judah, Issachar, Ephraim, Benjamin, Zebulun, Manasseh, Dan, Asher, Naphtali, and Gad. So 12 spies, 12 tourists 
going to check out the land. And so what was the reason for going into the land? To spy out the land, to go and check it out. They want to see, hey, I found this over here. Hey, there's a waterway over there. Hey, we could camp out yeah, here. Yeah, and Moses sent them to spy out the land of Canaan and said unto them, get you up this way southward and go up into the mountain. So they came up from the south. They came up. Right, which right is different than going through the land. Um, and of course, uh, yeah. Um, let's see here. It says, uh, and see the land, what it is, and the people that dwelleth therein, whether they be strong or weak, few or many, and what the land is that they dwell in, whether it be good or bad, uh, and what cities they be that they dwell in, whether in tents or in strongholds, um, and of course, and what the land is, whether it be fat or lean, whether there be wood therein or not, and be ye of good courage and bring of the fruit of the land. Now the time was the time of the first ripe grapes. Yep. So the spies enter the land from the south, and Moses told them to bring back the fruit of the land. Now the time was the time of the first ripe grapes. So that's July, August. Yeah, the grape harvest begins in July and August in Israel. Right. So that's really cool. You've got to go pruning. I did. In the winter, I in did. January. Yeah, there's a... There's in 2020, before COVID hit officially. Right, right, right. Oh, yeah, no, we got in and out right before everything kind of went And Paul Pickard and Linda Pickard were actually in India in January. Oh, wow. In uh, Mumbai, or used to be Bombay, yeah. on the uh, west coast of India there, to, to, to minister to a bunch of pastors and get these champion tables going and Incredible, stuff. Incredible, So you yeah. were in Israel in, in the end of January? I w- uh, yeah, we left uh, January 28th, and um, and we came back, I want to say February 12th. Because you went for two weeks. Yep, and we were we were pruning, pruning. vines and getting the vines ready so that they would be uh, producing a great harvest for that, that fall and the harvest. And, and I guess the summertime is when the planting happens. They plant in the summer. They do. They plant a lot of trees and stuff as well. But you know what's interesting is... Um, it was a, a picture during COVID when they had the harvest in, you know, starting late July, early August, and it goes through September and October. Uh, but the harvest was plentiful, right? So the group, the pruners, whoever they were, did a great job, apparently, and they just had an abundant harvest. However, the laborers were few. Yeah, I don't know what the, how many tons there were this yeah. year. I, I want to say know. they ended up to bringing in high of L, ended up bringing in 350 tons. That's a lot. It is. Now, they brought in, I want to say, 400 before, but that's when you have a full crew. Right. Um, Interesting. And so they were able to get some of them done you know, through other means, but a lot of grapes. So what three types of fruit did the spies bring back from the land? Uh, it was grapes, pomegranates, and figs. Man, I love Fig Newtons. Yeah? Fig Newtons are good. Yeah, it's not a cookie. It's a Fig Newton cake. That's right. It's yeah. a Fig Newton. Yeah. Uh, figs. Uh, and, of course, you know... Um, it took the 12 spies 40 days to spy out the land, okay? Um, yeah, because they had a, 40, l- yeah, 40, a lot of ground to cover. 40 means testing. Uh, we had Noah's flood for 40 days. Uh, of course, they're going to end up being in the wilderness, the children of Israel, for 40 years yep. uh, for that. Uh, Yeshua in the wilderness for 40 days. Passed the test, began his ministry. Yep. You know, people say, well, I'm in the wilderness. Well, get out. Yeah. Get out. Because <laughs> yeah. you need to start your ministry. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, and that was the theme at the graduation for my son yesterday from the River Bible Institute for the worship part of it is to um, throw yourself into it. You know? Yeah. It's uh, go, stand, and speak. Huh. It's in Acts. Go, stand, and speak. Yeah. So that means get up off your duff. Yeah. Stand yeah, yeah, yeah. for what's right, the righteousness of God, the gospel, and then speak. Uh, of course, the season of Teshuvah is, is nearly 40 days, the month of Elul and the 10 days of all. 
So that's interesting. Uh, and the spies said that the land flowed with milk and honey. In Numbers 13.30, it says, Oh, and Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. Now, Caleb is from the tribe of Judah. But what kind of report was given by the majority of the spies in regard to their mission? The men gave an evil report. Now, it says evil, and that has the connotation of, of nothingness, right? That it was just worthless, you right. know, a worthless report. But it... Um, you know, they came and they told the people that uh, there were giants in the land and that the sons of Anak, which come of the giants, and that their own sight, that these guys were just grasshoppers in the sight of the giants. And it was They just, call that the grasshopper syndrome. Well, it's pretty awful. Grasshopper that, complex. You know, I, I really... Um, just the grasshopper. Even today, people deal with having things, what they call Lashon Haran, evil tongue. Low against, self-esteem against uh, Israel and the land and the government or oh, whatever. Yeah. You know, there's plenty of things that anybody could criticize about anything if you really look right. But um, the miracle of the existence of the state of Israel, I just still can't get over. So it's like that after two thousand years, and then seeing the land respond to the people in a way that it's flourishing. Even the the plant life, the animals, um, the development that they've done from a construction standpoint, it's incredible how much the land has flourished since they've gotten there. And it's just like, you know, they could, they could have gone there and been like, Oh, this place stinks. Cause it's dry desert or, you know, it's covered you in know, rocks. It's the power of influence, Ryan, the mm-hmm. power of influence. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the saying, if you don't have anything nice to say, yeah, don't, don't say, say anything, anything at all. all. Yeah. If you're going to speak, speak well, speak good death and life are in the power of the tongue and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. So whatever you speak, you're going to end up getting. Yeah. So if you're gunning for somebody, you want to speak ill of a minister or ministry and come after the church, or whatever, then what happens? It comes back on you because yeah. you reap what you sow. That's right. So I find it interesting that the power of influence is so important because these 10 men, um, and, and it was interesting that I was reading this and, and I, and I just picked up on this and I thought it was interesting that, uh, let's see here. Uh, Here's what they did. This is what was I thought was interesting. I thought they gave an evil report without Moses and Aaron or anything, mm. but they just blurted out an evil report. It says right here, and they returned from searching of the land after 40 days, and they went and came to Moses and to Aaron and to all the congregation of the children of Israel unto the wilderness of Paran to Kadesh and brought back word unto them and unto all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. So that's that the evil report was given in the presence of Moses and Aaron and all of the people. And all the people, yeah. So it wasn't like they talked to Moses and Aaron and says, you know, this is, they didn't have a meeting before. Right, There was yeah. a poor lack of communication. But the power of influence, Ryan, to me is so important because these 10 men literally affected at least two and a half million people. That's right. 10 men came and said an evil report. Well, that's why gave a good report. media in general in mass communication is so important that we we limit or watch what it is that we're filling our, our minds with because, you know, people can really become disheartened and uh, upset and anxious by watching the wrong things, you know I mean? And they just repeat it. And they do. COVID's killing people. Oh, we got to yeah. stay away. We yeah, got to wear yeah, masks. Yeah. We got to hide. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, let's think this through. Right. Okay. What does God say? What are we supposed to be doing? Yeah. Yeah, right. God doesn't you know, say be a fear. Perfect love casts out fear. Amen. You know, 
COVID's real, like fear. Right. Take the do what you got to do, but but don't have fear. Yeah. Because without faith, it's impossible to please him. So it was interesting that we were shut down for nine weeks. Right. But we kicked it off last year on Shavuot. Yeah, we did. Never been closed since. Yeah. So I find it interesting, the power of influence, you know, uh, that 10 people could do something like that. So like when I say to people, bait to heal Israel, I have faith. I believe it. I have faith too. I don't have to try to figure it out. I believe it. I know it. I see it. I've been on tours there seven times. Uh, let's see. I went in 95, 96, 97. Did I? No, I went in 96, 97, and 98 for Tabernacles. Then I went for Pesach, Passover, 2005. 2010, I went for Tabernacles with my wife and I, and yep. Lilidea was in the womb. In the womb. And then I went for Shavuot to kick off my bucket list mm -hmm. here. 2015. 2015 with Josiah and Nehemiah. 2016, Micha, Micah, and I went for Tabernacles. So that's nice. my seven trips to Israel. But it was awesome, you know, to go there and to, to participate. In it. But it's like, man, if I could just stay here longer. Yeah. If I just knew somebody in the land, you know. Yeah. How much more enjoyable it would be. And at this point, we do. It's now. It's, you know, God's. Now we can't even get you in. Know, <laughs> and, you know, it's like, you know, uh, I know my mother-in-law, my father-in-law wanted to live there and help the Jews and all that. But in what capacity, you know. Right. Look at all the work that's got to be done over yes. here. With Ephraim, with, with the non-Jews, you know. And the gathering, yeah. So, so with this, you know. It's it's almost like, you know, even when I look at the book of Revelation, you know, it's the Messiah revealed, Jesus revealed. It's a good thing. Yeah. But if you don't know him and you start reading some of this stuff, it can be scary. Fearful. Yeah. 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 It'd be fearful. Like, oh, oh, my gosh. You know, so my thing is, you know, uh, if God is promising us some really cool things, Ryan, and we go the opposite way or we don't do it his way, we'll be punished, you know. So I think what's happening is even now. People are so wrapped up in the government or COVID that they're forgetting the promises of God, pursuing the promises of God. Therefore, what's going to happen, Ryan? Let's look at Numbers chapter 14, verses 1 through 10. The, uh, the people are going to murmur. Why don't you go ahead and uh, let's, just, let's just go ahead and read those 10 verses, Ryan. I'm going to give you this chapter. But, yeah, the people murmur now. So cool things were going to happen. It's kind of like, hey, we're going we're to go to Israel. Beit to Israel. What happens? People will say, like. That's not safe. Oh, they're having war with Hamas. There, there's rockets and yeah. there's terrorists and me, oh my, and bears. Yeah. You know, and it's like the same thing, Ryan. All over It's again. the same thing. Yep. But there's people like us. Yep. Joshua and Caleb. That's right. So let's check out the murmuring. All right. It says, and all the congregation lifted up their voice and cried, and the people wept that night. And all the children of Israel murmured against Moses and against Aaron, and the whole congregation said unto them, would God that we had died in the land of Egypt, or would God we had died in this wilderness? And wherefore hath the Lord brought us into this land to fall by the sword, that our wives and our children should be a prey? Were it not better for us to return to Egypt? And they said one to another, Let us make a captain, and let us return into Egypt." Then Moses and Aaron fell on their faces before all the assembly of the congregation of the children of Israel. And Joshua the son of Nun and Caleb the son of Jephunneh 
uh, which were of them that searched the land, rent their clothes. And they spake unto all the company of the children of Israel, saying, The land which we pass through to search it is an exceeding good land. If the Lord delight in us, and then he will bring us into this land and give it to us. A land which floweth with milk and honey. Only rebel not... Not ye against the Lord, neither fear ye the people of the land, for they are bread for us. Their defense is departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Fear them not. But all the congregation bade stone them with stones, and the glory of the Lord appeared in the tabernacle of the congregation before all the children of Israel. Wow. I know. So what do you got here for me? Well... All the children of Israel lifted up their voices. They cried and they wept that night after they heard the evil report. So as you were saying, these 10 people, they affected all of these other people. Two million people and it's unfortunate because, you know, you have the good report coming, but they didn't believe the good report, right? Yeah. That was the minority report, right? Oh, yeah. how are you going to live in Israel? Yeah, exactly right. You're yeah, not Jewish. Exactly right. And so who murmured against Moses and Aaron? But All the children of Israel. All the children, exactly. And so the congregation said that their wives and children would be prey if they entered the land. And the children of Israel even wanted to appoint a captain and return to Egypt. Now, you really got to be either really dumb or really afraid to want to go back to Egypt more than going into the land. I mean, just imagine for a second— and what it is here is the devil you know is better than the devil you don't know. So they would return to Egypt rather than go into the land. But they witnessed all the miracles. Yeah, it doesn't make all any the sense. Other things. Yeah. It, it, is, it is quite bizarre. Now, the thing that gets me is that they had enough sense to at least get a leader to go back. <laughs> Not like today. Yeah, no. Today's just a free-for-all. Yeah. Whatever. Now we're all in Who charge. Who are you accountable to? Yeah. Me. Me, myself, and I. Yeah, that's even within the Hebrew roots. Hey, we'll all that's be in charge. Yeah, yeah, we're all elders. Yeah, we're all, well, we're all pastor or whatever. You yeah. want to have a lead person. But it's funny how, you know, when you look at this, though, they, they had enough sense to know that they needed somebody to lead them back. A point man. So, hey, I got to give them that. Yeah, I'll give you that. Yeah. So uh, it says here, who fell on their faces before all the assembly? Moses and Aaron. You know, praise God intercession. for intercession. Amen. I just intercession. I'm very thankful that Moses has that uh, example, that witness for us. You know, when I when I hear about a congregant doing something wrong or making some bad decisions, I always go into that mode first because it's like, Lord, how can I help them? Yeah. Not like, why do they do it? Yeah. It's kind of like, okay, Lord, I know this now. How can I help? What can we do? What's what, what's my part? Yeah. Because remember, he says, if you get the two-by-four out of your eye, right, he'll show me how to help them. Right, 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 right. But otherwise, mind your own business. Yes. Don't grab a stray dog by its ears. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right's right and wrong it's, don't belong to nobody. That's it. I'm just saying, <laughs> mind your own business, you know. It's just, yeah. that's what we want to do. We want to try to fix everybody. And, I understand. Well, I couldn't help but hearing in your conversation, oh, this is an A-B conversation. Yeah. Let's see your this way This is out. a mayo and mustard conversation. You can't catch up. <laughs> <laughs> Could you start from the beginning? Uh, where were we? All right. So, of the twelve spies, which two gave a good report? We have Joshua the son of Nun and Caleb the son of Jephunneh. Yep. Ephraim and Judah, the good spies. You know, it's interesting that Joshua, the, uh, the Ephraimite, will succeed Moses, who is a Levite later. 
That's right. As the so leader. that's why God's looking for Ephraim to be mature and responsible. That's coming out of the nations. Yeah, he not is. Not doing foolish things, not being accused of different things, you know, that were straight up, you know. So that that's very important. I think that's very interesting. Right. That a people from the nations would be united in the spirit under covenant, hearing the voice of God. Amen. My sheep hear my you know, voice and they obey. We don't hear it all the time because maybe we don't listen to our own podcast, but the introduction to the podcast says it, right? That we these people, us and the people that are part of our, you know, listening movement, to this podcast, you yeah. are so special. Right. Watching Th- this. That they might be part of the first generation to be born again filled with the Spirit, right, and have the Torah. I mean, those three things, born again, have the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and the Torah. I mean, if that's not a trifecta, one, two, three, punch, little I mean, combination, you know, I don't know what is. We're closing in on 10,000 podcast listens for season four. Really? Yeah. So we're over 50,000 for wow. four years. Wow, that's incredible. So my thing is, if God is giving us a message... And we're putting it on a podcast. Yeah. And it's going around the world. Yep. People will tune in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, at, at my son's graduation, uh, graduating from the river for the School of Worship. Yep. For the, for the year. The uh, commencement speech was so good. Yeah. And the gentleman actually uh, graduated from, from uh, Bible college, Bible school. And so he began to pray. And... Uh, so he was disappointed because, you know, he didn't get a speaking engagement, you know. And so he just started praying, and the Holy Spirit said, believe for two. Yeah, there you go. Believe for two. So i tell you the story because it's, it's very interesting um, what he was sharing about, you know, God opening up doors and giving opportunities. He says, so you lost one, but I'm going to give you two. There you go. And just, you know, so just pray that those pastors would call you. Like it was like an inspiration, like the yeah, comforter was yeah. teaching him that, you know. So so he tells the story, and I thought it was funny that where he was at, he had no signal. Because this is like 20 years ago. Yeah, yeah. You know, Nokia phone and different things. <laughs> and so he looked at his phone, and there's no signal. Yeah. No, this is a true testimony. This is a guy's testimony. So he goes where he can receive a signal, and he gets two speaking engagements. Wow. Because God's going to use him. Yep. He just has to believe. Amen. So that's why whoever's listening to this, God wants to use you. Amen. For this call, for this purpose, and throw yourself into it. But it was a very good commencement speech. It's just very inspiring. Yeah. You know, that, that God will use you if you, say, if you hang in there, if you do it, if, if you can count on you, and you persevere and you hang in there, and you just say, I'm doing this. Is this or nothing? He's going to use you. So, so I find that exciting. Uh, I was very encouraged. Yeah. In what God's called me to do and what he's revealed to me. Yeah. So now maybe you don't see it happening the way you want it to. Maybe maybe it's kind of a little dry or, or quiet, but God is moving. Amen. And things are happening, and that's what God's doing. I think that the movement of, of the Holy Spirit and the Torah together is a movement that is going to go mainstream worldwide. I just right. I believe that people in this generation are reading their Bibles and they're saying, hey, why aren't we doing that? Hey, Bible revival. you said this and you guys teach this, but the Bible says this and people are realizing, you know, who am I going to listen to? Am I going to listen to God and his word or am I going to listen to, you know, the traditions yeah. of, of we're going to get into that too, you know, a lot of these things. So let's see what else we got here. What do they want to do to Joshua and Caleb, Ooh, the uh, motivational speakers? They want to stone them. They wanted to stone Joshua. I know. And then out of nowhere, right, the glory of God appears in the tabernacle of the congregation. So I think Daddy's about to be like, 
Get over here. <laughs> so he's a, he's about ready to bring correction, is he not? He is. Remember when the glory appeared when Miriam and Aaron were giving Moses a hard time? Oh, I do remember. So it's like the butt whooping's getting ready and, to come. And to that point, you know, who was it that was speaking to Moses, Aaron, and Miriam at the door of the tabernacle if it wasn't Yeshua? Yeah, that's true. I mean, it is. It so is the Lord wanted to smite the children of Israel with pestilence and disinherit them, you know. Uh, I looked up this word Ouch. pestilence in the Hebrew. Not good. If you look up the word pestilence, it's the same Hebrew word in every case. It's bad. Yeah, not good. It's not good at all. Matter of fact, it's the Hebrew word uh, deber. Uh, it means in the sense of destroying. Uh, and of course, an example uh, of a plague would be like uh, the bubonic plague. Yeah. That's what's found in the pestilence. Strong's Concordance, that an example would be like the bubonic plague. Something like that. Yeah, um, I hear that's pretty bad. And disinherit them. Right. So he's going to send the, send the pestilence and disinherit them. So the Lord wanted to take Moses and make a greater nation mightier than the children of Israel. He said, you know what? I'm done with these people. You're right, Moses. They're a burden on you. Let me start over with you. But you know, Ryan, <laughs> what did we just read? God caused a pestilence. Yes, we did. Yep. So whether it's, you know, Kung Flu or... <laughs> <laughs> Wuhan or bat soup. It's the China virus. I'm just saying that it affected the whole world. You know, after a plague, there's great opportunity. That's right. And I'm seeing it now. After that one year, kind of like things are starting to look up. Things yep. are starting to happen. Yeah. That's awesome. No, absolutely. And uh, and so, you know, obviously the Lord wanted to, to make a, a mightier nation and, and Moses intercedes for the people. And so it says here, did the Lord pardon the people because Moses of Moses and spare their lives? Oh, absolutely. He just began he to say, hey, you know, what are the Egyptians going to think? What are the nations going to think if you wipe everybody out? You took them out to wipe them out? Yeah. Yeah, they messed up, but what are the nations going to think? That's so right. He was making intercession. I'll tell you, Moses would make a good attorney, right? He's a good advocate. He comes in and he, he puts it back on the Lord as it's the Lord's reputation on the line. This is what he says in verse 13, Ryan, of chapter 14. And Moses said unto the Lord, then the Egyptians shall hear it, for thou broughtest up this people in thy might from amongst them, and they will tell it. To the inhabitants of this land, for they have heard that thou, Lord, art among this people, that the Lord art seen face to face, and that thy cloud standeth over them, and that thou goest before them by day time, in a pillar of a cloud, and in a pillar of fire by night. Now if thou shalt kill all this people as one man, then the nations which have heard the fame of thee will speak, saying, because the Lord was not able to bring this people into the land which he sware unto them. Therefore he hath slain them in the wilderness. Yikes. Now I beseech thee, let the power of my Lord be great, according to thou hast spoken, saying, The Lord is long-suffering and of great mercy, forgiving iniquity and transgression, and by no means clearing the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation. Which is what God says when he passes through my Moses. That's it. Pardon, I beseech thee, the iniquity of this people, according unto the greatness of thy mercy, and as thou hast forgiven this people from Egypt, even until now. Wow. So he I reminded said, him of what know, he said. He, he, put, he spoke God's word right back to him. You know? Yep. So here's the good question then. Why is the act of personal intercession better than pointing the finger in judgment at others who have fallen short? I would say this. It's hard to criticize people when you're praying for them. Amen. It's hard to be judgmental, fault-finding, if you're really praying yeah, for them. Yeah, if you're interceding on their if behalf. Yeah. Yeah, well, you recognize what they've done, 
and you recognize that you're trying to stand in the gap on their behalf. And I will tell you that I am thankful that others have stood in the gap for me. Amen. I mean, I, I'm appreciative. Uh, I try to think of if I was in that position, how would I want someone to act towards me or to treat me, you know? And, uh, and in most cases, my thought is, well, I would want them to pray for me. I would want them to intercede on my behalf. I'd want them to, to come alongside and help me and speak truth into my life. And so I think that that's right. the important thing for people to do. So the Lord obviously reminds them. And so the question here is, how many times did the people tempt the Lord and refuse to hearken to his voice? Ten times. Ten times. Now, in the Dakes Annotated Bible, I find it very interesting that Moses, you know, talks about this in reference to ten times for the children of Israel. Yeah. So as a group, it's easier to fail than as an individual. Hmm. So if you go back to Abraham, he had ten tests and passed all of them. Right. Right, right, right. So when you're by yourself, you can do pretty good. But then when you have other people involved, they can drop the ball. Yeah. And then your, your chances of... of of failing or greater with more people. I see what you mean. Yeah, it's kind of like you know, ha- knowing knowing more people can be can be more blessings. Yeah, but can also mean more offenses. Right. You right. Know, either way, yeah. from the pastor or to the sheep, sheep pastor, pastor sheep, or sheep to sheep. Yeah. But Dancing that, uh, sheep to sheep. I, I've got to uh, listen to a great man of God, and uh, what he was sharing. You know from the pulpit versus what I'm doing. And I'm feeling really good about myself right now, Ryan. <laughs> that, um, I don't even think I've crossed that line. But yeah. I it's okay. But that's good to, to, to experience that. Though, it is. Know? It is like, gosh, should I really have said it like that or, or said that? Yeah. And now I'm like, yeah, I think I should. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny how we we're so critical of, of ministers or ministry sometimes. And uh, maybe we wouldn't like Peter or Paul. Oh yeah. yeah. Maybe we just wouldn't like Peter cause he's so bombastic. And, yeah off the cuff, you know, cutting ears off and stuff, you know, I mean, the guy's a disciple. Right. Put that away, Peter. What are you doing? Right. You know, put the ear back on, you know, just taking damage control, public relations. Here's Jesus. Yeah. So, so I find it interesting, you know, some had said that the, the apostle Paul was fighting pride and arrogance, you know, pride, and that God had to buffet him and put the thorn in the flesh on him because, because of that. So I think even in my own situation that the Lord will, will, he'll, he'll buffet us. He'll, Oh yeah, put a thorn in our flesh, or he'll he'll slow us down, or he'll he'll knock us down a few notches. Paul went through a lot, and you it know, wasn't just for the gospel. Now, sometimes God does it in His mercy. Yeah, and I think that that's one of the things we have. He to He chastises realize. those that He loves. Amen. In Hebrews. Amen. So Numbers fourteen twenty nine says, "Your carcasses shall fall in this wilderness, and all that were numbered of you, according to your whole number, from twenty years old and upward, which have murmured against me." So this is the punishment. You've murmured against Moses, you've murmured against the Lord, and rather than just offing you now, right, sending like a fire or something or a pestilence to just take out the whole congregation, leaving Moses and his family, rather than do that, the Lord has mercy, and he says, I'm going to let your children into the land, but those of you that are here in this generation, not a one of you, save Joshua and Caleb, are going to make it into the land. Think about this person, Ryan. Ready for this? I'm ready. God declares all this. They're 19. I know. Their Oof. birthday was the next day. Right by the skin of their teeth, man. So just imagine that. Mm-hmm. Now, the interesting thing about this observation, looking back in hindsight, right now, God is no respecter of age. No. So whether you're five years old, coming up to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit through the laying on of hands, or 60 years old. Or 95. God is moving. Yes, he is. Because there's three generations in one house. Yep. 
sons and daughters are prophesying, speaking the very oracles of God. They're inspired and uh, uh, singing an inspiration, calling it out. Then there's the uh, young men having visions, fresh revelation from God, and then old men dreaming dreams. So they're all three generations in one house. So this right. is kind of like what we're seeing now. We have three generations here. Yeah. At Beit Tehillah. Absolutely. And so the two that um, were mentioned over 20 years old that would go into the land, the only Caleb, ones. Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, and Joshua, the son of Nun. That's right. Now think about these two guys. They were in Egypt. They're going to be in the wilderness for 40 years, but they're going into the promise. Praise God. Ryan, that's you and I. Yeah, this is you and I right buddy. Here. This is you Come and I. Come on, up here. That's, that's what I'm I. talking about. That's you and I. <laughs> I was in the world. Yeah. I've been in the wilderness. Wait. I'm going to the promise. Joshua land. and Caleb, <laughs> they go into the land. We can go into the land. Oh, yeah. Very interesting. With a good report. Amen. I tell you what, you know, we over-spiritualize the story of having a good report, which we should, right? I, I, I understand the spiritual lesson of having a good report right. and being thankful for the things that God ha- has given you and, and going with a good attitude towards the calling that God has given you. But I think that going to the actual land of Israel and seeing it for yourself yeah. and coming back with a good report, there is just something about that. And um and I love it. Let me read Deuteronomy one twenty two. Ooh, okay. Let scripture interpret scripture. Sure. Deuteronomy one twenty two says, And you came near unto me, every one of you, and said, We will send men before us, and they shall search us out the land and bring us word again by what way we must go up and into what cities we shall come. Oh, and the saying pleased me well. And I took twelve men of you, one of a tribe, and they turned and went up into the mountain. And came into the valley of Eshcol and searched it out. And they took of the fruit of the land in their hands and brought it down unto us and brought us word again and said, It is a good land which the Lord our God doth give us. Notwithstanding, ye would not go up, but rebelled against the commandment of the Lord your God. Yep. Verse 27 of Deuteronomy 1. And you murmured in your tents and said, Because the Lord hated us, he hath brought us forth out of the land of Egypt to deliver us into the hand of the Amorites to destroy us. So it's all negative. Not good. Yeah, I mean, so so my thing is, he didn't say go spot out the land to see if you can take it. Right. So what he's saying, Pastor, what I'm saying is that when I say we're going to have a bait to heal Israel, we're going to have a bait to heal Israel. No strings attached. Don't have to worry about it. It's going to happen. Amen. I don't have to figure it out. Right. I don't know how it's going to work, but we're going to have a bait to heal Israel. Yeah. I've got some creative ideas on how we could make it work, but in the end of the day, when God brings the opportunity, it's our job to say yes. Divine appointments, Ryan. To say I yes. I smell it. I sense it. I know it. It's divine appointments. We don't have to make anything work. Yes, We Lord. don't have to go to Century 21. <laughs> I mean, right. we might want to get a realtor when we get there, you know. Timeshare. Find my place, you know, over by the Galilee, you know, boat ramp, you know, maybe some jet skis. I don't know. Just you could go through the Straits of Gibraltar, just hit Tel Aviv. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> All right, what do we got here? I think the IDF would find me. So, uh, where are we? Number twelve. So, that's right. So, did the Lord say that He would bring their little ones into the land? Oh, the little ones are going. That's right. I tell my kids all the time, "Hey, you're, you're going to Israel. You're going to Israel. Yeah. You, you're going to Israel. Yeah. You're right. going to Israel. Yeah. A new car. 
are. Yes, you're going one to Israel. One for you. Hadassah's turn now, my daughter. It's her turn to go. So we'll but, see how Which is going to be exciting. It will be. Because she, she was asking me about it the other day. Was she really? When am I going? When am I going? Yeah. When am the, I going? My daughter's. I'm next. I'm going. My daughters ask me all the time because it seems like all the things that have to do with me are like men's trips. So I go on a men's trip with Christian, you know, yeah. and we went and we did the pruning. I'm going to a, 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 a camp, right, with a father-son camp. Because Christian's by himself, and then we have the three girls. Yeah. And so the three girls have each other. They're all doing stuff together. But Christian, Dog's a male. You right? know, right. Kind of. Kind of. He's kind of a male, if you know what I mean. <laughs> Is he a metro male? He's half the man he used to be, <laughs> you know. Okay, we're moving on now. So, so, um, so then, you know, and then we have a, a, a kayaking trip with the church coming up, you know. And so it's like the girls are like, can, I, can you get me a mustache and a wig? And I'm like. Yeah, <laughs> laughing, you know, because they want to go too. So they're bugging me, and they really want to go to Israel. So they're bugging me about that too. So, um, all right, let's keep going. Numbers fourteen thirty four. That's it. right. It says here, after the number of the days in which ye searched the land, even forty days, each day for a year, ye sh- uh, shall ye bear your iniquities, even forty years, and ye shall know my breach of promise. Now, this breach of promise, I feel like I've heard this term, breach of promise somewhere before you know this is what i love about the pentecostals or the charismaniacs charismaniacs or word of faith <laughs> they read the word amen and they believe it amen and they believe it and they have faith i mean that's just the the best thing to do because you know the breach of promise means the altering of my purpose right right and so how has the hebrew roots movement missed the purposes of god today where are they missing it? What, what, let's start with the first one, Ryan. What do you think they're missing in the ver- as far as um, if you had to bring correction? If I had to bring correction. Bring correction first, then bring direction. I would say the biggest problem in the Hebrew roots today is majoring in the minors. And this is assuming that they're not going, you know, and leaving Yeshua or anything like that, right? That's a so good this correction. Is, this is in the Hebrew roots. Majoring in the minors. We need to be... So, like, for example... Uh, anytime I hear somebody wanting to major in the minors, that person is usually <laughs> not really doing a great job in that area. Now, you know, or you know, saying something about, hey, why don't we have the people doing X, Y, or Z, you know? But then they're the one person in the whole crew that's not doing X, Y, or Z, right? Um, so I find those things interesting. But there's a lot of people that are, are focused on, you know, whether or not you're wearing seat seats, whether or not you are, uh, you know, I don't know, buying gasoline on so the Shabbat. So maybe offering it like you get to do these things? But then these people are not Instead of reading their Bible, worshiping, praying, right? So what other correction would you give? What about don't bash the church? Don't, oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Don't hurt the church. Don't, don't touch the church. <laughs> I'm telling you, don't touch the church. Yeah, amen. So there's some correction there. Amen. Uh, you're going to be in your community. Be legit. Yeah. Uh, now, correction would also be uh, to bring correction would be to respect Judaism. Amen. Now that's a form of, that's a correction and an instruction. Yeah. Because if you do that, it's a win-win. You know. Well, ultimately, it's almost like you know, not respecting Mormons or well, Jehovah Witnesses or one of the, the symptoms of the uh, things that I think that people in the Hebrew encounter is that they are not respected in their communities. They're not seen as legitimate. That's true. They're not taken seriously, that's right. and so they just write it They're off not like legitimate. These people are a bunch of pagans anyways. And it's like, uh, let's roll that back real quick, all right? So yeah. the Lord Jesus says, 
you'll know them by their fruit, right? That's right. You'll know they're my disciples by their love for, for one, one another, another, right? Yes. And so I'm looking for people that are first and foremost born again brother love and have the baptism of the holy spirit right that they believe that this book is the inerrant word of god you give me those people i can work with those people people, you're going to go far you tell me that you know the torah inside and out and you understand how many days you're supposed to be you know away from your spouse when they're on their menstrual cycle or you know how to tithe your spices or whatever it is a clanging gong exactly then, but where's love? But where's your love? Where's your Where's your fruit of the spirit? Love, joy, joy peace, peace, patience, no. kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, that's, and self control. No, that's not the King James. <laughs> that's what I learned in VBS when I was a kid. That's good. All right, give it to you. It kind of threw me off when I was reading the Modern English Version the other day. I said, I didn't memorize it like this. Yeah, no, yours was love, loving joy, me. peace, long suffering, right, uh, gentleness, goodness. Faith, meekness, and temperance. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. I'm working on that. Yeah. That's a lot. It is. It is. Well, you know, it's funny. Oh. I, was, I was listening to somebody the other day. Gosh, who was it? And, um, and they were talking about every day waking up and remembering the day before and how good did you do in the fruit of the Spirit. Right? Like, just like if you had a journal, oh. make like, you know, love, joy, peace, like, like maybe acronym or something, you know? Put the fruit of the Spirit and then grade yourself on one to ten. And have your spouse grade you on one to ten. See how they think you're doing. <laughs> I know. Relax. And then, Relax. and then you know, Cut take take all that, and then on a daily basis, right? To me, that's that's true following of Yeshua, the fruit of the spirit. Are you really walking right. in it, right? How do you walk in Torah? If you can't walk in Torah with the fruit of the spirit, then you're not really walking in Torah. He said he brought it on your mind and your heart. So that's a proper interpretation. But the fruit of the, you can get the fruit of the spirit. You can ex- extrapolate that out of the Torah, right? So if you missed that and you thought that, oh, having Torah meant that you were supposed to go around and point the finger and tell everybody, you know, about their sin, all the while you're a sinner as well. Amen. And I think that's yeah. that's part Fault of the issue. Finding. Fault finding. Judgmental. Fault finding. Judgmental. Fault finding. It doesn't mean that we don't make corrections. It doesn't mean, no. that, but I think that there's a way that people are like, like, doing like, do it. you come to church to practice your faith? Or to, to, to want to correct things. Right. Right, right. You know, so, so my thing is we're, we're embarking on coming in here and wanting peace and direction. Amen. I um, want the move of God. It was funny. I was thinking about that acronym, PAD, PAD, and I thought about this. Hey, you want to go back to my PAD? <laughs> There's peace yeah. and direction. And direction, amen. Because that's what people really need. And the Lord was showing that to me because the spirit of Babylon come out of her, my people, it's chaos and confusion, yeah. false religion. And who really wants to live in that realm in your mind that you're, you're, you're not having peace, you're having anxiety, yeah, frustration, and then you, you're not really sure where to go or what to do. You know, um, I, I think I mentioned this in a podcast or two ago, but the, the contrast between Nicodemus and Shmuel, the characters in uh, that show The Chosen. Yeah. And I just, I love that in season one, how they show that contrast between the two. Right. Because that's the Hebrew roots today. I feel like here at Beit Tehila, you know, I would love to think that we're a bunch of Nicodemuses, right? I wouldn't say that everybody is or that we as a, are always Good perfect in doing that. But 
I think that within the Hebrew roots, there's a lot of schmuels out there. There's a lot of people saying, no, it's like this. No, this is how you pronounce God's name. No, this is this. You know, no, 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 you do it on this. And no, this is the calendar. Oh, you guys are all. Shmuel is one of the characters. Uh, he's uh, the religious student of that's Nicodemus. Right, that's right. Who kind of comes against him a little bit. Gotcha, yeah. And Nicodemus is like, don't you understand? It's what God can't move now. God is dead. No, God is living. He can yeah. move now, right? So Nicodemus is trying to talk yeah. him into understanding. Right. Don't be so into the 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 written tradition right. that you miss sight of what God is doing today. It is by His Spirit. But we can all do that, and especially in the Hebrew roots, we think that we're so enlightened, right? Including me. Hey, I've I do the feast days. I do the yeah. Shabbat, right? I know I eat. You know my clean. righteousness. Right. Right. I've figured all this out. Hey, you guys need to figure this out. Think about this. When you are having a conversation with people out there in the world, is your first thing to help them see Yeshua, the Messiah, the one that died for them and washed their sins away, is your first thing to say, hey, you should need that, right? I mean, how do you, and I'm not saying you can't use certain things as evangelical tools. Anything can be used as an evangelical tool in the right context. But not believing, if you go right in here, Ryan, go into the bullet oh, points. Yeah. Are we doing, a, are we having an outline? <laughs> yeah, and we got about a minute to get over this page. Ooh, all right, all right, all right. All right. So, Think um, about it. yeah, I am. So we're, we're moving on from our discussion question about how the Hebrews movement has missed the purposes of God today. And we're moving on into the rest of chapter 14. Amen. So it says here, the Lord described the congregation as evil. Not good. No. And when Moses told the people that they would not enter the land of promise, they mourned greatly. So you're not going into the land. So imagine this. That if this isn't today. This is like the anticipation of taking your kids to a theme park outside yeah. the gates. Hey, you're not going in. I, okay. You told me this for weeks well, hang on. and months. We're, what? Hang on. So it's almost like going to the door, the gate of the theme park. I could see this example, yeah. right? Oh, and yeah. so people go in to check it out. They come back and say, hey, this theme park's terrible. It's packed. There's too many people. Masks, yada, yada, yeah, all this stuff, right? So then the people decide they don't want to go. Yeah. But then God says, well, you know what? You're not going. And now they're all mad. I know. What gives? Like, I, <laughs> if this isn't today and the people today, so, I don't know so what So, Ryan, right now the Holy Spirit is inspiring me to say this. This is what it boils down to. Do you believe God? Amen. Now, if we don't know his promises in his word, right. what are we believing for? Yeah. The easy way out, that I'm going to dictate the kingdom of God right. and how it's going to go. I'm going to get a chair that's got much more padding than the one I have on now. <laughs> <laughs> so it doesn't make sense. But are we believing God? Yeah. Do we, we trust God? God? You know. So well. now he goes, now, remember we talked about correction yeah here we go so moses warned the people not to go up and take the land because the lord would not be among them so now it's too late oh now you want to go and get the land up oh, he takes his presence away from them and so moses and the ark stayed in the camp while the children of israel went up into the land i have a feeling that this is not going to go well for them that's so right it says here the amalekites and the canaanites smote the children of israel as they entered the land that's Man. called a butt whooping all right so Right after every big mistake that the children of Israel make, we have this special section. It's the laws about offerings. Say what? Let's take up an offering. <laughs> you guys really screwed up. Let's take up an offering. Yeah, let's give you the spell Lord. thousand, T-H-O-U-S-A-N-D. <laughs> but what does the Lord give instructions about? He does. He says, well, I want to tell you about some 
offerings. All right? It says here in chapter 15, verses 15 and 16, One ordinance shall be both for you of the congregation and also for the stranger that sojourneth with you, an ordinance forever in your generations. As ye are, so shall the stranger be before the Lord. One law and one manner shall be for you and for the stranger that sojourneth with you. Now, I recognize that this is pulled out, right, of a greater context of offerings, right? Yeah. However, one law is in Exodus twelve forty nine. As ye are, so shall the stranger be before the Lord. So Exodus twelve forty nine. This is the first time that the word law is used in the Bible. That's the right. Law of first mention. One law, which is basically saying the same thing. And so, sense. as we practice these things that are in the Torah, people can join us and practice their faith with us. And if they choose not to, that's fine as well. But like I said, as far as the Sabbath and the dietary laws the feast days, the Torah portions. Uh, I love practicing them and doing them. Amen. They just, they're part of my faith. Well, I, I somewhere along the way, somebody convinced the people among the church that it was bondage and that this is an oppression upon you. And I'm like, wait, so loving instructions from the most loving and gracious and merciful father ever is bondage somehow? And so obviously that doesn't make any sense. And so we look at this and we say, wait a second. So those that are attaining to the promise get to be counted with the children of Israel. So hear me, if you want to attain to the promises of God, if you're reading this book and you're saying, I want the things that God has in here, yeah. guess what? You can have them. God says it right here that you also can have them. Now, the thing that we all forget is that the, most of this is an if-then statement, right? Most of it is a if my people, you know, who are called by my if, name will yes. humble themselves and it's pray and turn from their wicked ways, right? Right. There's all these things that, you know, come along with it. But God is in a covenant relationship with us right. where we are sons and daughters adopted into his family. Well, what's the name of his family? If it's not Israel, right. I don't know what the name of his family is. Amen? And so what happened to the man... Uh, who was in the congregation and gathered sticks on the Sabbath. All the congregation brought him without the camp and stoned him as the Lord commanded. Sounds pretty harsh. So here we have another isolated incidence of a story of capital punishment. Yep. Because if we go back to Leviticus chapter 24, we have the punishment for blasphemy. Yes. So God says, listen, I want holy priests. I want holy offerings. And I want holy time. Yeah, amen. Okay, holy time. So with that, we have the two things that are being serviced or mentioned is the lampstand and the table of showbread being yeah. serviced. So right away, we have this punishment for blasphemy. It says, uh, and the Israelitish woman's son blasphemed the name of the Lord and cursed, and they brought him unto Moses, and his mother's name was Shalomith, the daughter of Dibri of the tribe of Dan. So the woman was Israel an Israelite, the mm-hmm. husband was Egyptian. Right. The son blasphemes, and he ends up being stoned. And, of course, w- then what happens? God continues on with holy time. <laughs> That's right. Sabbath years and the year of Jubilee. Amen. So as we look at numbers, it's like the same thing now, uh, and to keep moving. You know, one of the uh, speakers at Josiah's graduation was talking about in Acts. It says, go, stand, and preach. Speak. Speak, yeah. Go, stand, speak. Yeah. Go, stand, speak. Yeah. 
So, you know, that's that's important. You know, it's my understanding back in the day, you know, when I say back in the day, I'm talking you know, at the time of Yeshua, there were preachers and stuff that would come into just the marketplace. They'd stand literally on a box or something, and they would just start speaking. And whoever came and listened would listen, right? Right. And so this was not a, a, a foreign concept, because if you think about it, they don't have a television, they don't have YouTube, right. you know, to get their message out. And so they would literally just go into the market and, and do those things. And so... Um, you know, I, I think about the man gathering sticks on the Sabbath, and I, I consider this something where we want to oversimplify these types of things into, well, that's obviously this terrible thing, you know, just gathering some sticks. But this man is obviously being made an example of, right? Look, which we all could be. Which we all could be made. So don't be the one that gets made like an example Like Nate Abbott and Behu. That's right. Ananias and Sapphira. Right. So, yeah, I mean, it, you know, it's funny how they're trying to do away with capital punishment around the world. Right. They're just trying to do away with it. Right. Well, because they lack the understanding that there is a moral authority above man. So if, yeah. if it's just man, then how do we have the right to take someone else's life at well, all? That's the thing. We have grace and mercy. Right. But it's almost like, you know, oh, you got to have long suffering, Nick. I said, no, my long suffering's over. It's judgment now. Judgment has to come. <laughs> because if you think about it. Yeah. I mean, how much, you know, if your brother comes to you and asks for forgiveness, yeah. that's one thing. Right. But you still have to forgive them. Yes. You have to forgive them. Yeah. So, yeah, so there's an isolated incident there that's that's got a um, serious repercussions. Yep. And then, no, I don't want to say this is out of the, the blue, but it's, it's you know. Blue? Out of the blue. Are you true blue? It, it has some blue. Are you true blue? I, true I actually blue. have some tachelet. Uh, cool. I like that. Zitz, zitz. Um, so here the Lord is giving some instructions on, uh, remembering his commandments. So clearly the people have forgotten his commandments, right? They're not doing the things that he's told them to do. Um, they're not getting on, on board. And so he says here, the Lord spoke unto Moses saying, speak unto the children of Israel and bid them that they make them fringes in the borders of their garments throughout their generations. And that they put upon the fringe of the borders, a ribbon of blue. And it shall be unto you for a fringe that ye may look upon it and remember all the commandments of the Lord and do them. And that ye seek not after your own heart and your own eyes, after which ye used to go a whoring, that ye may remember and do all my commandments and be holy unto your God. I am the Lord your God, which brought you out of the land of Egypt to be your God. I am the Lord your God. So I think it's cool. Because this is almost like the what would Jesus do bracelet, you know, but from a different perspective. This is, hey, I've given you these commandments. Clearly, you and need for you. some reminder. It's for you to be reminded, and not I'm, for somebody else to say, oh, look. And I'm so glad you brought that up because that's, that's the right. point, that right? The point. You're supposed to remember God's commands. You're supposed to be the one putting on seat seats. You're the one supposed to be enforcing that on yourself not enforcing that on others. I've even been asked here, even at Beit Tehillah, why don't we check men at the door on whether or not they're wearing zit seats? And I'm like, first off, that's not what we do. I'm not the zit seat police. But if you really want to know the, the biblical answer to that, it comes from Acts 15. Read Acts 15 and then tell me what I can and cannot enforce that's good. At a church. Amen. Now, uh, dealing with the fringes with a thread of blue to remember all the commandments of God. Uh, I'd like to, to read this little story here. Uh, it's actually found in Matthew chapter 9, verses 20 through 22. It says, And behold, a woman which was diseased with an issue of blood 12 years came behind him and touched the hem of his garment. For she said within herself, If I may but touch his garment, I shall be whole. 
But Jesus turned him about, and when he saw her, he said, Daughter, be of good comfort. Thy faith hath made thee whole. And the woman was made whole from that hour. Wow. She had an issue of blood for 12 years. She had constant bleeding. So she's in a constant state of uncleanness. Not like a menstrual cycle that's over after, you know, a week. Right. So she's dealing with some blood issues. Jesus heals her. You know, there was this thing that there would be healing in his wings. A yes. prophecy. Right, right, right. And the, the wings are supposed to be the tzitzits. Right. So it's just something to think about, to, to really study. But she said, if I just grab his tzitzits. Now, the hem of his garment is the fringes or the tzitzit. Because, see, in the Greek, they had no word for fringes or tzitzit. So they used the word hem. Right, 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 right. Grab the in hem English, of his garment. Yeah. So they had to say something. Right. So there was really no good English word, you know, or even in the Greek for fringes or tzitzits. Yeah, exactly right. Which, I mean, it's it's a pretty simple thing, right? It's the, the strings. Um, so what two lessons can be learned from the Torah portion? Shalak send forth. Go ahead. Let's hear it. I said shalak send forth, but it's... Shalak lecha. But it's shalak lecha. You want my two first? I do, I do. I want your two. My two are really good. Uh, that's okay. You, you want to go ahead and start with I that? I want to make sure that I don't take yours. That's what I okay, want to make well sure. Okay, well, you can, because we've been thinking alike. That's yeah. what a true disciple is. <laughs> so uh, I would say this, and I really have to, you know, have to agree with this 100%, no matter what. Number one, do not alter the promises of God. Amen. So I'll give you an example. Let's say you're not Jewish, but you want to be Israel, and you're in Christ, and he's the root of the olive tree. Amen. And you're grafted in, and you're a wild olive plant. Yeah. You have the right to call yourself Israel. Amen. And you're part of the commonwealth of Israel. Without replacing anybody. Without replacing anybody. So that's what I'm saying on that. Do not alter the promise of God. Number two, this is very important. Um, Matter of fact, this would actually go back to correction. Like, don't think the church has replaced the promises of God for the Jewish people. Okay, number two. Hanky. Okay, number two, know the promises of God and pursue them. Amen. That's it. Those are great. Those are great. Those are so mine is this what I get out of this Torah portion. Look through the lens of the Holy Spirit in the power of God. Amen. If we look at situations in our lives through the lens of the Holy Spirit, God, what do you say about this situation? God, what how are you doing? If you are dependent on God in each situation and you understand that inside of you is the same power that conquered death, hell, and the grave, then what could stop you from doing what God has called you to do? Look through the lens of the Holy Spirit. Um, my second one was along the lines of your second one, which was, uh, or along your, I don't know, one of your ones. The, the ordinance, it says multiple times throughout the Torah that there's one ordinance. The Torah is relevant for today. One law. The Torah is relevant for today. Now, when we say one law, we don't mean that every single law in the Torah applies to every single person under the sound of my voice because there's laws about priests and Levites, there's laws about men, there's laws about women. Right. And if you don't fall into those categories, right? Right then obviously those particular ones don't apply to you. But when I say there's one law, we're talking about the Torah as a whole. That's right. It's relevant for today. It is. I, I, we literally have a podcast for four years now for the whole purpose of helping people understand this yeah. is not scary. Right. It's not bondage. It's an opportunity. 
This is loving instructions from a loving father. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Why don't you pray us out? All right. Thank you, Father. We just thank you for allowing us to come together and to uh, be led of your spirit. And thank you for your word. It's not by might or by power, but it's by my spirit, saith the Lord. Father, we think that the Holy Spirit fell in the upper room uh, in Acts 2. And uh, and they spoke with tongues and they were empowered to go and to uh, stand and to speak. And so, Father, we just pray that for everyone listening or watching, they would go, they would stand and they would speak because that's what it's all about. Father, we can't be complacent. You're bringing us together. We thank you for divine appointments. We thank you for post Shavuot that we are continuing in the book of Acts part two at Beit Tehila. And for all those that are listening, watching, we bless you. We thank you for uh, being a part of this. We'd love to get some feedback from you. If you could just uh, email Ryan at twopraise.net, T-O-P-R-A-I-S-E.net. Let us know how you're doing. Let us know if we can pray for you or do a little shout out that, hey, I'm from uh, this country or this city. We'd love to do a shout out for you if you'd like one. And uh, But this shout out is for you now. And we just thank you for this in Yeshua's name. Amen. 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 That's right. As Pastor Dick mentioned, my email is just ryan at topraise.net. Make sure you like, subscribe, share, do all that fun stuff on social media. We love you guys. Have a great week.